Stay tuned for The Man from Homicide. Henry J. Taylor, author, journalist, and ABC commentator, whose commentaries on world events are heard each Monday evening on ABC, is on a fact-finding tour of European countries. Periodically, Mr. Taylor takes trips abroad to examine activities at first hand and to get his own reactions. During the week's season Europe, his Monday evening commentary, Your Land and Mine, will be broadcast each week from a different European capital. He'll speak tonight from Rome, Italy. So listen for Henry J. Taylor's penetrating analysis on Your Land and Mine over your ABC station. The Man from Homicide. According to Webster's Dictionary, homicide is the killing of one human being by another. According to Lieutenant Lou Dana... It's the beginning of a dirty, dangerous job that doesn't end until a killer is found. I don't like killers. Every week at this time, the American Broadcasting Company brings you transcribed the star of stage and screen, Dan Durier, as Lieutenant Lou Dana, the man from Homicide. The dead are lonely people. They don't eat, drink, chase blondes, or hit the night spots. Nobody keeps them company. Their quarters are on the crude side. And when they've died violently, they don't look good. When they check in with homicide, they put in their time at the morgue. I wonder if the cold marble of the slabs ever bothers them. The sergeant standing next to me had surrounded himself with 300 pounds of fat. But even that couldn't keep the cold out. Lieutenant... Have a stick of gum, Dave? No, thanks. I don't like his looks. We will it? <laughs> he ain't exactly in the best of shape. 45 slug? Yep, in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Somebody wanted to make very sure. When and where, Dave? A couple of kids stumbled across him in the park around 11 o'clock tonight. Kids? At 11? Uh, 18-year-old kids. Boy and a girl looking for a quiet place. They found a quiet place. They also found Wee Willie. What's the uh, medical examiner's guess as to time of death? Around seven tonight, give or take an hour. Dinner time. But not for Willie. I'd seen Wee Willie. We got out of the morgue. The room I kept my desk in was warmer, but the chill was still in my bones. Dave. Yeah, Lieutenant. What was Willie Baines? Forty years ago, he was a kid in the slums. Ten years later, juvenile delinquent. And since then, petty larceny boy, small bookie, errand boy for the smart ones. Yesterday, the crime investigating committee had him under subpoena. And tonight, under the sod. Who was he working for? Uh, We're not sure, Lou. What was the crime commission going to ask him about? The weather? Captain Kovaleski checked through on that. One of the men on the governor's staff stuck Willie Baines' name on the list. 
Well? Uh, but he had gone home. We'll get a hold of him in the morning. Tonight. Uh, Lou. Yeah? Man's name is Skyler. Old family and stuff. Well, I'll make sure my fingernails are clean. Yeah, it's late. He might be asleep. Well, he can be waked. He's political, Lou. I'll try not to hold that against him. Come on. I'll tell you a secret, Dave. I've decided not to run for president. The Schuyler place avoided its neighbors by several acres of manicured lawn and a high fence. The house itself was made of gray stone. Well-trained ivy framed the windows. The front door was so highly polished you could see your face in it. I needed a shave. Yes? No, she didn't need anything. She had it all. What do you want? Mr. Schuyler? It's late. It is? Well? My credentials. Lieutenant Dana, homicide. Homicide? Come in. Mr. Schuyler's in his room. Uh, What did you want to see him about? It uh, might be simpler if I discussed it with him. I suppose you know what you're doing. We'll leave it at that. But I can't understand what connection there is between... between homicide and... Professional connection. Mr. Schuyler won't be pleased at being disturbed. Wee Willie wasn't pleased either. Wee Willie? A man with a priority at the moment. Well, if it's important... Why not let your husband decide? My... (gasps) Where's his room? Quick. Down the hall. Last door. Thanks. down the hall quick. The last door was standing open. Mr. Schuyler was wearing a silk dressing gown, leather bedroom slippers, and what looked like a smile on his thin lips, but wasn't, and two bullet holes in the head. An open window gave a fair view of the manicured lawns and the fence at the far end. Somebody was climbing it. He was over before my bullets got there. No! That fence is over a hundred yards away. Shh, wait. Yeah. Now what? Hey. Skyler? I'd say so. Dead. He's got a right with two bullet holes in his head. Dave, when you I came in, did shots, you... shots figured you might need me. And did you see a woman in evening dress? A woman? No. Come on. Mr. Skyler will excuse us. Was there a woman here? Yeah, she made light conversation with me. Maybe because she thought I was a good conversationalist, or maybe because she had to give a gunman time to shoot his gun off. Ah, I left her here. Uh, nobody around now. No. She must have ducked out when you came in. Who was she? I called her Mrs. Schuyler. Looks like I was wrong. Get on the phone. Notify the department, Dave. What'll I tell him? Tell him we Willie's getting company. <laughs> The technical men showed up and got the routine underway. They found out that the corpse was Skyler, and they found out that the corpse was dead, and that was all. Dave and I went through the dead man's files and found nothing. Out on the lawn, the noise and the smell of gunpowder faded. 
He went over the fence right about here. Uh, maybe he dropped his calling card. There's not a thing around, Lou. Uh, I better take a look at the fence itself. Shoot your light up here, huh? Okay, Lieutenant. Now, hold it now. Yeah. Well, there's rough stone on top. He must have hit it hard going over with my bullet singing behind him. Yeah. You got something, Lou? Mm, something. Yeah. Huh. Uncle Cloth. Half an inch by half an inch, maybe. Jagged edges. Could have been torn off his pants leg. Yeah, hardly enough to identify, Lou. That's for the lab to worry about. Dave, we're dead. I'd say. Baines was going to sing, and somebody objected to his solo and killed him. Skyler had picked Baines for investigation. He had something on his mind. Where's Scarlet's mind now? Well, son, you're being rhetorical. And the girl, what's a description worth? She had nothing that'd make her different from half a million other girls except beauty. And that doesn't fit into a police report. None of it's any good, Lou. I know, Pappy. So let's feed this cloth to the lab, half an inch by half an inch. I wonder if there's enough to make a hangman's rope out of it. <laughs> lab was good. They had the cloth pattern tabbed in an hour. It was a tweed, an expensive tweed. Sketches were made up and every local mill questioned. It took them four hours to hit the mill that had woven the cloth. Twenty minutes for a list of tailors they'd shipped bolts to in the city. By that time, it was the next day. And twelve cops pounded pavement visiting tailors. Maybe I slept while in the chair behind my desk. I must have slept because I saw the girl's face and heard her voice again. It was quite a voice. Hey, Lieutenant. Yeah, Pappy? You ever try sleeping? Sure. Didn't care for it much, though. You got something? Yeah, it's a maybe on one of the lists. Boy by the name of Stan Cochran bought a suit made out of that cloth two months ago. Keep going. Well, he's a Detroit boy. Had a little something to do with the Collier gang out there. The question is, what's he doing in this town? Uh-huh. You got an address? Yeah, Slocum Arms over on Van Dyke. That's nice, Dave. Go find a bed and lie down. Now, you've been gone just as long as I have. Sure, Pappy, but I don't have so much to carry around. You're dead on your feet. I'll let you know if Mr. Cochran ripped any suits recently. Once upon a time, Van Dyke had been a nice street where people got married, had kids, and died in bed. That was a long time ago. Now, drunks and dirt, blind pigs, houses, and uh, the Slocum Arms. A decaying palm and a cracked tub, cigar butts on the floor, and a quick turnover. Yeah? Stan Cochran. Stan, uh, who's that? Let's see your register. Give me a reason. I'm crazy about hotel registers. I don't like that reason. How about this? I don't like cops either. You and me both. The register. Okay. Thanks. That's funny. What is? All your customers got the same handwriting. Same? Oh, I can explain that. Go ahead. They can't write. Uh, uh. Let me go. Dan Cochran. Look, I'm telling you, the name ain't for me. Look at your hands. I'll wash him when I get home. 
Maybe he didn't feed you the right name. He's 28 years old, 5 feet 7 inches high, weighs around 160, brown hair, gray eyes, dresses a lot better than this dump would call for. Who is he? Oh, I don't recognize. What's the idea? Keep your hands away from that drawer. There might be a gun in it. Who is he? Well, I... uh... Oh. Shut up. Bend over towards me. We're holding a confidential chat like that. He's on his way out. What name did he use here? I don't know. You gave it away. What name? Steve Carter. Yeah. No imagination. Same initials. Gargle when you get home. Your throat will feel better. Goodbye. Mr. Cochran was wearing a tan gabardine. I admired it walking up Van Dyke. Half a block, and Mr. Cochran decided his gabardine was worthy of better places than Van Dyke. He hired a cab. I made my car, and Mr. Cochran and I went for a drive. Mr. Cochran paid his cab off and it left. I got out of the car and Mr. Cochran walked past the entrance to the orange turban. I ignored it too. Mr. Cochran picked out the first alley beyond the nightclub and went down it. I gave him time and sampled the alley myself. A thin trickle of moonlight picked out garbage cans, empty milk bottles... And Mr. Cochran knocking on a door at the end of the alley. The door was solid and bolted. I decided I'd use the front entrance to the orange turban. It was the kind of a place that had a cover charge. I wondered how Captain Kavaleski would feel about a cover charge. And then I had thoughts about Mr. Schuyler. And I didn't bother wondering. The head waiter had his doubts, but the place was open to the public. The table he gave me commanded a very good view of the wallpaper and the entrance to the gents' lounge. The girl playing the piano was like uh, half a million other girls, except she happened to be beautiful. The last time I'd seen her, we were in a gray stone house... And a man was about to die. This time... Good evening, Lieutenant Dana. If you say so. I'm Welsh. I own the turban. Hope you like it. Oh, I'm crazy about the wallpaper. The head waiter didn't recognize you. Now, if you'd like another table... Ah, uh, this one will do. Lieutenant, I hope you're not here on business. I wouldn't know. Who's the piano player? The, oh, uh, Claire Mason. Beautiful, isn't she? And she even plays the piano. I'd like to meet her. Uh, I'll ask her. You pay her salary, tell her. Very well, Lieutenant. <laughs> Hello. Mr. Welsh asked me to come. Sit down, Miss Mason. 
Thank you. It's even later. I beg your pardon? Than last night. I'm not sure last I Last night was the night we met at Mr. Schuyler's. At Mr. Schuyler's? Who is Mr. Schuyler, Lieutenant Dana? Oh, like that, huh? We, you and I have never met before. I wouldn't have forgotten if we had. You're very beautiful. And how did you spend last night between the hours of uh, 11 to 1, say? Why, I... Don't bother. You were here all the time. How many dead men have you ever seen? Uh, I don't think I've seen any. That's a shame. Everybody should see at least a few. Why? Then maybe more people than homicide would hate killers. Welsh got an office in the club? In the back of the building. Now, let's go visit him. I don't particularly want to. Your lawyer wouldn't be happy with your unwillingness. My, I don't have a lawyer. You will by the time you get to trial. I said let's go. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish, but... All right. I just want Welch to tell me that you were here all last night, too. It's through here. He'll tell you I was here. I know he will. But once he tells me, you see, I'll have a couple of accessories. You and Welch. Accessories to... Murder. That's what it always is, isn't it? Would you mind? Oh. I uh, keep forgetting we first met in very high society. Sure. Lieutenant Dana. Yeah? Since Welsh will corroborate my story, what's there for you? Exercise. Look, Miss Mason, if this were a book, it might turn out that you uh, have a wicked twin sister. Or maybe somebody hypnotized you and the game you played at the Schuyler house wasn't your fault at all. But this isn't a book. We both know where you were last night. One of us knows exactly why. The other has a very good idea. Welch is on the other side of that door? Yes. You're looking at me as if I were a can of somebody's ideal dog food. Am I? Yes. You're wrong. I'm nobody's ideal. Not even a dog's. You sticking to your story? It, it's not a story. It's the truth. I've got just enough brains, Miss Mason, to know you're lying. I'm just enough of a fool to wish you weren't. Forget it. We go back to the script now. Keeps his door locked. Yeah, Go on, Miss Mason. Uh, it's Claire, Mr. Welsh, and the lieutenant. Oh, cute. What do you mean? Never mind. You know the answer to that one, too. Come in, come in. Just doing a little bookkeeping. Make yourselves comfortable. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Welsh, where was Miss Mason at 11 o'clock last night? Claire? Why, here at the club, of course. And how do you know? Well, because I was here myself. How about seven o'clock? Seven? That one you need a minute for. Take it. I don't know what you mean. At seven, Claire and I were dining together. But she told me We were dining together. Oh, neat. Very neat. What restaurant? No restaurant, Lieutenant. Claire happens to be a very fine cook, and she was kind enough to invite me to dinner at... Her apartment. Then she's got more talents than one. Why, you... Piano playing. Lieutenant, if you're going to be nasty... What else can I be? Look at the company I keep. Miss Mason, you're buying one alibi from Welsh. 
Know what he's getting in return? Two alibis. Two? You know about Skyler. You were there. I've already told you I wasn't. Save it. Welch offered to pull you out of that one by saying you were here. It'd be my word against a pair of you. You took his offer. In return for that, you've given him an alibi for 7 o'clock last night. We were together. What happened at 7 o'clock last night? A little man named Willie Baines had part of his head shot off with a forty-five. <gasps> oh, that one you didn't have down in your little book, huh? I, I didn't know. Claire, the man's trying to trap you. Shut up. I've got my right. How about Willie Baines's rights? How about Skyler's rights? I had nothing to do with them. Remember, Dana, you're not a jury. I remember that all the time. That's why I don't kill you. All right, Miss Mason. I have nothing to say. You've got lots to say. It went like this. Skylar was down here, saw you, decided your eyes held all the stars, and your lips were what a man dreams of. He also happens to be on the crime commission. He got hold of Willie Baines, and Baines decided to talk. About who? You know the answer to that one. Otherwise, you wouldn't have recognized Willie Baines' name when I threw it at you. I still have nothing... Let me... Baines was going to tie Welch in with the racket. Skyler told you. You worked for Welch, you told him. Mistaken loyalty or a cut in the profits? I work here, that's all. Thanks. It makes it a little cleaner. You told Welch, and Welch started moving. He hired a gunman from Detroit. First Willie Baines went at 7 o'clock, and then Skyler at 11. You were with Skyler at his house in evening dress. Well, maybe you didn't know the program for the evening. I didn't. Claire. That was for obstructing justice, Welch. Uh, I'm confused. Say the phony alibis work. Where does that leave you the minute Welch stops worrying about you? Oh, I don't care Where about does what... that leave you? Two dead men on your doorstep morning, noon, and night, waking and sleeping. Skyler, who loved you with two bullets in his head. Willie Baines, dead in Potter's Field. Oh, stop! Please stop it! All right, Lieutenant. Claire. I was at Skyler's, you know that. You saw me. It's seven. The lights. Claire, get down. (laughs) Don't move. The boy from Detroit was around. Claire. I don't feel good. Let me look at... Yeah. Don't... Don't leave me! I'm not. It wasn't Welch. I had my eyes on him. It was the Detroit gun boy. Emergency. Lieutenant Dana. An ambulance, quick. The Orange Turban Club, back room. Take care of that and then send a patrol car over. Lieutenant, I don't feel... There'll be a doctor here pretty quick. What... What chance? You don't have to answer that one. I... I know. (sighs) This isn't going to be easy. But, Miss Mason, I'm a cop from homicide. I got a duty to perform. What? What are you so worried about? I... I I don't like it. I There's a gimmick in the law. It says 
testimony by a witness not alive at the time of trial isn't admissible unless the witness made the statement and signed it at a time when the witness knew he was dying. (laughs) Then I'll make a very good witness, won't I? I'll write the dying declaration out. I, uh... Name, Claire Mason. Where do you live? The Ardmore Hotel. Do you now believe you're... You're about to die? Yes. Have you no hope of recovery from the effects of the injury you've received? Isn't there any... Any... No. I have no hope. I'll write the statement. You'll have to try to read it. All right. It it says what you said before. Yes. Give me the pen. That'll make up for Skylar and Willie. It'll make up. Oh, I, I think maybe now, maybe now, Lieutenant. Yeah. The way you figured it out, I wasn't so bad, was I? You weren't so bad. But Lieutenant, you and I, we know, don't we, that really I was part of the... I don't know a thing except what's on this statement. Thanks, Lieutenant. Thanks. She thanked me, and she died. It wasn't fair. Dead, she looked even more beautiful. I got out before the ambulance in the squad car. I got out of the room and down the hallway to the door that opened out on the alley. I was late, but not too late. Welch and the gunboy Cochran would be waiting. They had to wait. Alive, I was their executioner. Dead, they'd be safe. I killed the hallway light, slid the bolt open, kicked the door wide, and headed for the dirt on the alley pavement. I picked number one by the flares of his gun. Welch. He hadn't expected me to come through the door that low. The gun boy had been smarter. He pulled in behind the stack of barrels he'd used as cover. We were going to have fun. Cochran, Welch is out. It's just you and me now. Come out. No? Then I'll come after you. You got the girl. A neat job, Cochran. Real neat. Not a word, Cochran. I'm coming after you. Not like Willie Baines, who tried to run. Not like Skyler, who didn't know it was coming. Me, you've got to take from the front, Cochran. But to do that, you know what, Cochran? You'll have to come out yourself. Stand up to it and take a chance. How about it, gun boy? How about it, killer? All right. I'm on the other side of the barrels. 
I'm kicking them over, and when they go down, we'll each have a shot apiece. Fair enough, gun boy. Fair enough, killer. No. No. I'm coming out. Here's my gun. Oh, shoot. Please, help. Please, don't, don't shoot. He crawled out on the dirty floor of the alley and cried. I didn't shoot him. They die harder and more often in the death cell. The boys arrived and washed the thing up. I went back to headquarters. I wrote up my report with pen and ink on white paper. I attached Miss Mason's dying declaration to my report and threw it in the outgoing basket. In due time, the district attorney would use it in a court of law, and a murderer would die. Fair enough. And Claire Mason, with the lights in her eyes and the warm lips, was dead. And would be forever dead, with all her beauty. I... I don't like killers. You have just heard Dan Durier as The Man from Homicide with Larry Dobkin as Dave. And Diamond was Claire J. Novello Welch. Music was by Basil Adlam. from Homicide is transcribed, written by Lou Bittes, directed by Dwight Hauser. Be with us again next week, same time, over most of these same ABC stations to hear Dan Durier as the man from Homicide. Orville Anderson speaking. This program came to you from Hollywood. America is sold on ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.